He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. The inventory we're seeing is the single family, you know, recreational, you know, like leisure markets. That said, I think we're close. It's not here yet, but I think we're really close to the multifamily urban units coming online. We saw before COVID that the multifamily operators just didn't want to handle this. And so they'd, they'd go to other companies to manage it for them. Those companies would take a lease, an annual lease on, on a subset of inventory, a subset of condos, apartments, and then it would be remarketed almost as a separate brand. And, and as we know, a lot of those companies didn't survive COVID mostly because they were so urban uh, and they had the, the fixed costs that they have to have to pay. I'm hearing a lot more about multifamily operators ready to manage this process themselves. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. What's up, Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully, and their property management software is the best-in-class solution for hosts and managers alike. They integrate with the best tech solutions out there like operations software, dynamic pricing, insurance, noise monitoring, you name it, they've got it. And guess what? You can also get their digital guidebook solution as well in order to make sure you aren't printing out or writing down guidebook and activities and house manual items for your guests. All you need to do is create their digital guidebook, link it with the property management software, and voila, you're ready to rock and roll getting your guests in and out with a breeze. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes in order to get our special offer for all of our listeners. And now back to the episode. All right, Slick Talkers, we are back with another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I am joined by now a close friend. You would think that would be odd to say on the podcast, but a close friend of the podcast, Andrew Bate, who is the CEO and founder of Safely.com, and you probably have heard them once or twice on the podcast because they are partners of ours, but Andrew, you are on the show. Man, when was it? It feels like ages ago. 2021? Maybe? I think you were 13 or 14 years old. Yeah, I didn't even have like facial hair. I was still trying to figure out how to like drive and all these certain things. It just feels like forever. But uh, you know, it, was, it was a while ago. I think it was 2021. I'll link it to the show notes for this episode for any listeners that maybe haven't gotten to hear your backstory, the value prop of Safely. But at the end of the day, I'm just glad to have you back on the show. So welcome back. How are we doing? How are you feeling about 2023? I'm doing great. I think the team's doing great. Our property manager customers are doing great. I'm pretty excited about 2023. And uh, we're hiring people. You know, I sent out three job offers today. You know, we're hiring three more this month. Like the team is really coming together. We've gotten our processes down. And so so we're calling 2023 as our growth year. Like not the growth, but but actually putting the foundation in place where we're really ready to grow in 2024. So this is we're excited about 2023. 
It's a big year. And I will just say commenting from previous years, I think when I first met you in person was in San Antonio. And, you know, there was a couple of you. I got to meet Amanda. I got to meet uh, Louie. I got to meet a couple of the team members. And it was, you know, a normal booth, right? And then this year, or last year, 2022, sorry, not 2023, in Vegas, you guys had a swarm of people. It was insane. It was complete nuts to see the change from just a short period of time. But you guys have grown a, a crap ton, just to say the least. Yeah, we've grown. But I also, um, I also believe it's so important for the team to meet with homeowners, meet with property managers. So, so while we have salespeople at the conference, like, like we should, yeah. marketing people at the conference, absolutely. We also brought a lot of the team who wouldn't normally interact in person with a property manager. Because what I believe is, like, we're here to help property managers. All of us are. You're here helping property managers. Revenue management tools are helping property managers. And they're, they're regular people like us. And once our team can see that they're just good people, hardworking entrepreneurs, and we're helping them with one of their biggest problems, but they have other problems and they're meeting with other people too. They're here to learn. It's so valuable. It means we can start to collaborate with them. And so I bought, I brought the onboarding team. I brought our claims team. Some technology people came so we can really get a feeling for what makes this industry tick? What, how do our customers think? And we learn a lot at the bar at night. Like, what do they really want? Who are they really as people? And so, so I did really bring a lot more than the sales team to, to the BRMA in Las Vegas. We're going to continue doing that. Well, it sounds like it was a success because I've heard nothing but good things just from the overall experience. But I kind of want to give a recap for some of the listeners who are just now tuning in, maybe didn't get to hear your first episode safely in a 60 second sum up. Can you give us the overview? And then we're going to lead into a question I have for you covering kind of the changes and shifts we've seen the last two years or so uh, within vacation rentals and property management and et cetera. But would love to just kind of give us a yeah. quick overview for you. Absolutely, Will. At Safely, our whole mission is to help homeowners feel comfortable with the internet strangers coming into their house through Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com, and Direct. And really, we do this by answering their two biggest questions. Who is staying in my house? And what happens when something goes wrong? So to answer the question of who's staying in my house, we verify the guest identity. We check for felonies. We check sex offender lists. We have a contributory database of bad guests. Those are people who have destroyed homes and should never rent again without the right supervision. And then we built a commercial insurance policy. Because your homeowner's policy covers your home when it's empty, when you're staying there, when your friends are staying for free. But once you're running a business, you need business insurance. And we built one. It's a part of the booking flow. We've integrated with the property management systems, with the booking site, so we can actually see your reservations, instantly ensure each reservation as it comes through. No deductible, so it replaces the damage deposit and covers up to a million dollars of damage to your home structure, its contents, and then bodily injury. Yeah, and not to plug it, but we use Safely within our vacation rental management company, and it's seriously been really great because it's such an easy sell for our owners to be like hey you know all the glassware that you bought if someone breaks it guess what we'll easily get it replaced no money out of pocket for you all that type of stuff so just simple things like that help but let's jump into the meat because hospitality in general but vacation rental management home ownership within this shareable economy with airbnb and verbo a lot's changed 
And so I would love to kind of hear some stuff from you when it comes to, let's talk about the property managers first, when it comes to their needs and their, I guess, decision-making on whether it's uh, making claims or furniture or just operations in general, what have you guys seen within the Safely ecosystem? I think the thing I'm most excited about is all of the investment into the category in the last two years. So COVID, we thought it would be a disaster. We had a really rough four, five, six weeks. After that, though, our property managers have done well. And so the revenue came in, average daily rate was high, occupancy was high, and that did two things. First, there was a little bit of extra money to invest into the, into their company. And there's optimism. So there's nothing like someone who wants to build. You're not as fearful because it's been a great two-year run. And so it shifted attitudes and it put extra money into our program, but it also raised the bar. It really raised the bar at a time where hotels were dropping. Maybe we'll only clean your room every third day or every fifth day. There's no lounge open. There's no room service. You know, So they're dropping. We were increasing our just capabilities and it really evened the playing field. Simultaneously, a lot of guests got to try a home for the first time. It was an obvious choice when you're traveling to a mountain or lake destination because there, there is no hotel inventory there, but there's great home inventory. So all of a sudden, like there's just been this boom created by a lot of external factors, but that's turned us into a more professional industry with more resources and more optimism. So that to me, the last two years have really represented that. And now we're seeing the property managers who have really invested both with their attitude and their money, they're now building, they're bringing on new homes, they're professionalizing, they're improving their technology. And so they're just a whole different company, just like we are. They're a whole different company now than they were before crushing hotels for certain types of stays and knowing how to market to their, to their guests, their repeat guests. And, and so I'm just excited that we're in a new industry in 2023 that even, even if the economy hits us a little bit, and I think it will, and it is right now, but it's, it's, we're still ahead of where we were before. And that, that's what I'm most excited about, about 2023. Do you think we kind of grew up as an industry from pre-COVID, I guess we can call it you know, uh, BC or uh, before COVID, you know, just going into that realm? I think some have grown. At the same time, the other trend that I'm seeing is a lot of entrepreneurs, they started renting a room in their house. Then they, they take a lease on another place and they start renting that. And then they find a friend who has a house that needs managing. And all of a sudden they're a property manager with five, six, seven homes under management. And while they're not as, let's say established or professional, they haven't worked out all the kinks yet. They're entering the market and we're seeing new supply enter all the time. Um, especially recently, and it's projected, our DNA projects that for next year as well. And so we're seeing almost two things happen. The, the establishment's becoming more professional, but then there's this new group who has no legacy processes or infrastructure, and they get to build it from scratch, and they're very creative, entrepreneurial people. And so while they might not be more professionalized than before COVID, like the establishment before COVID, it's a new category, and they are going to become a lot more professionalized. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. This is kind of interesting from an entrepreneur side of things. Would you rather start fresh through an idea, kind of like a shared home, maybe it's an extra lease or a friend's home, 
or would you rather come in with experience from working at another property management company, asserting your own and learning from the past experience? Do you think if that makes sense, hopefully uh, starting fresh absolutely. and not knowing what's out there? Yeah. I would absolutely like to have the experience. I mean, it's just, there's so many things you learn from interacting with the guest, the complexities of the booking channels, the policies that the booking channels have, like you get hit upside the head really fast when managing a home in real life. I'd rather have that experience and have at least a step or two head start. But that said, you have to start somewhere. So go start. 100%. Well, it's crazy to see the shift and I'm more curious for you. Do you see in the sense of inventory as we cover inventory and being new discoveries of types and all sorts of stuff like AirDNA said, but would you say it's mostly going in the single family route versus more apartment or would you say it's more apartment versus the single family home type stuff? The inventory we're seeing is the single family, you know, recreational, you know, leisure markets. That said, I think we're close. It's not here yet, but I think we're really close to the multifamily urban units coming online. We saw before COVID that the multifamily operators just didn't want to handle this. And so they'd, they'd go to other companies to manage it for them. Those companies would take a lease, an annual lease on, on a subset of inventory, a subset of condos, apartments, and then it would be remarketed almost as a separate brand. And, and as we know, a lot of those companies didn't survive COVID mostly because they were so urban uh, and they had the, the fixed costs that they have to have to pay. I'm hearing a lot more about multifamily operators ready to manage this process themselves with the right technology, the right desk screening, the right insurance, the right connections with the OTAs, Airbnb, especially. And they realize it's happening anyway. They realize that, oh, wait, even if we say we're not doing it, well, a tenant is propping open the back door. So now anyone can walk in, at least if we control it, it's only one person walking in at a time. And so they realize it's happening. It's a slow process. Multifamily real estate is a slow process. There are a lot of people who own these big buildings, banks with covenants that, that make it really hard to, to change the business model, but they're realizing their business model changed already. And so, so I think, you know, Toward the end of this year, next year, for sure, we're going to start to see where it's a lot more common where there's a, a subset of condos, apartments in multifamily units that are available for rent above board instead of by someone sneaking someone in and telling them, tell the front desk that you're my cousin. And it's, it's, it's not going to be so messy anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I guess you could say, cause especially Highgate, they've launched kind of their own vacation home subset or department going into the vacation rental, whether I think, I don't know if they're buying and managing or if they're doing a mix uh, or just one or the other, but you know, that's one big conglomerate that has never kind of really been in our space and taking that. So why not if the market's telling you, Hey, they want this, they're already doing it without your permission, you know, kind of right. might as well move. Right. Right. And that's another uh, really good point. The traditional hospitality industry, the hotel industry is looking at these. They're seeing the shift. They know how to handle this. They know how to operate homes and and do the hospitality. And so so they're they're paying attention. And and just as a note, Highgate is one of our investors. So I, I don't yeah. know what their 
all their plants are, but they are our main investor in, in our company along with one other firm in Chicago. I totally forgot that. So thank you for making that mention because I was just thinking of the first name that popped up. But going into technology, I think it's super important. You know, Andrew Kitchell just posted on LinkedIn the landscape of kind of hospitality tech and the amount of t- softwares and hardware companies and teams that are really bringing this technology loving or uh, playing field to a, another standard as well. But I uh, maybe kind of give us your perspective on the landscape when it comes to property managers. I already know how I feel when it comes to tech. Obviously, it's the most important thing. You saw Southwest meltdown basically because their tech wasn't up to date and couldn't handle a simple, not a simple, but handle a storm and couldn't schedule people afterwards. So, you know, technology is really important, but I would love to get your take on it. Well, completely agree. And and then the other trend we're seeing is labor is so much harder to get right now, especially the you, the type of labor and workers and team members that this technology is either helping them be more productive or replacing. And so it's just amazing that this is, that there are now solutions for hiring, which is so expensive. And still, I think the challenge in our industry, as you walk through these conference halls, the exhibitor halls, is you could give 2% of your revenue to everyone. And each solution might be perfect and, and solve a great problem, but all of a sudden you're without any revenue. So you really have to be tactical about how do you choose the right vendors, figure out what you do yourself, what's core to your business, your hospitality model, and then what do you do for the, like, where do you invest internally versus externally? But, but just amazing. I mean, if you just look at the, the business models, if you look at property managers, you have the traditional property managers and Vacasa, you know, charging a higher, you know, 20% or so. Then you have Evolves charging around 10%, but it's not as hands-on. And then you have your technology tools where you can just a single person or two can handle a lot more. So, so there's something for everyone today. Yeah. Well, do you do you see when it comes to maybe even just people that are looking into safely, do you see technology stacks that maybe don't make sense where they're over layering the amount? Because there's so many tech options out there. You think people are plugging in too many pieces or maybe not enough? I think it depends. I, I think if you have a team already, there can be some technology solutions that just make the team marginally more effective. But then, I mean, just look at pricing um, service providers. You just can't see all those data points and make the second-by-second decisions about how to price, no matter who you are or how talented you are. Sometimes you need like a big group, a service provider that's just excellent at that. If you look at insurance, there's regulation involved. There's licensing. You need a balance sheet. You know, that's completely above board. If you're starting to sell insurance, you need insurance. And it's, it's hard to do some of those things like just, well, I'll just try harder or I'll put one more person on it. There's just some things where you need a, a service provider, but then there are others where, what if your, your reservationists are your strength and they're just so amazing. And, and then you try to automate that or have a chat bot or something. It's like, wait, people are coming because they built a relationship with, with the front desk, with, with our people. And that's like who we are. But then others, that's, they're really quite bad. And so you should automate that. And so, so I, I think it's just knowing where you're excellent and what distinguishes you and then investing in the other things and doubling down on what you're good at. Yeah, 100%. I, I see a lot of, I guess the reason why I asked that question, because I see a lot of people applying pieces of technology that doesn't make sense because they're not, I guess, not in the sense of it doesn't make sense. 
they're just not utilizing the one software they already have in place enough. There's that capability, like communications, right? I'd be surprised if a property management software didn't come with a inbox or kind of come communication tool. But then yet people will add another piece that's all about communication when it's like, you already have that. Why are you paying for another tool that does this when you aren't using the one that you're already paying for? So a hundred percent in, in, in 2023 property management systems are very robust. I mean, it might not have all the features you want. No one loves their PMS, just like no one loves their CRM, but there's some really good ones out there. And there's probably some functionality in there that, that already helps with some things, but then others, like I said, it makes sense to look, look elsewhere. What's up, Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Minute. And if you haven't heard of Minute, then guess what? They are the perfect co-host solution for your technology stack. Here's why I call them your co-host solution is because they can be the best alerting system for you if there's too many guests at your property or if there is a party that breaks out. And guess what? Their sensors are amazing. You don't get any false positives as in dogs barking, the wind blowing, maybe a door slamming or a glass breaking, that doesn't trigger an alert. Real party noises actually trigger an alert. So that way you're not getting woken up in the middle of the night or alerted in the middle of the day for nothing. They have two outdoor sensors and these sensors do not need to rely on each other in order to work. So if you are worried about outdoor parties and your neighbors getting interrupted, then just get the outdoor sensor. If you're worried about big parties inside your really big vacation home, then get the indoor sensors so that way you can make sure you're covering all the common spaces that you need to. There's a special offer for all Slick Talkers in the show notes below. And now back to the episode for sure. And I want to ask you kind of a more fun question that doesn't really involve industry predictions and trends and stuff. But a question I know I get asked, especially when talking about insurance and claims and, and even safely is what's like one of the craziest claims that you guys have gotten at safely? Because I'm curious, like obviously there's parties and you know, all the accidental breaking of glass or a plate or a bowl or a coffee table, whatever it might be stained linen, but there's gotta be something crazy that's come across your guys's claim department and being like, Whoa, what? I would love to know if you have one for us that you can share. Yeah. No, in fact, our, our weekly team calls, Amber, who leads our claims, she brings the craziest claim of the week. Sometimes it's not crazy. Sometimes it's one to illustrate, like, this is the type of thing that we cover. A lot of times, those really crazy. You know, to me, there, there are a couple. One is, is when the guest didn't set the bear trap in the right way. And so, or not bear trap, but the bear, yeah, like, whatever you do in front of the, to keep the bears from coming into the house. Well, the bear came into the house. And while we do not ensure bears, you know, we, we ensure the liability of the guest, the homeowner or the property manager. Well, the guest didn't secure the door in the right way. The bear came in and just destroyed the house. So there was destroyed furniture, walls. I mean, you, you know what bears do and when they're in a house, like they destroyed it. And, uh, and so we, uh, like that was a claim we paid one, one that was really rough. We were pretty lucky with, I was in Lake Tahoe. Somehow the guests, I mean, they were drinking uh, plenty and they decided to ski down the roof, like fresh snowfall. They're like, we're going to ski down the roof, which probably makes sense at the time that evening, fresh snow, plenty of drinks. Yeah. So they did, but they hit a power transformer and then that took out the power from four neighboring homes. 
the, the thing is, there was so much snow, the guest wasn't hurt. They didn't get electrocuted. So the total liability was like four or $5,000, where it could have been like really huge. There could have been fires, things like that. Uh, we yeah. replaced the food and these refrigerators that, that you know, went out. And, uh, and then, you know, the power transformer needed fixing. But, but it, was, it was much more minor than, than we expected. And maybe a third one that comes to mind is, you know, there was a, a party. I mean, so I know parties are normal, but this one was a unique one. We found out later that it was a 50 shades of gray party. And I don't know what happens. I wasn't invited, Um, (laughs) but somehow they used oils. They got into any surface that could accept oils. And so there's a lot of replacement uh, of furniture and anything that would accept that. But, but we see a lot of, a lot of claims. That's, that's a good one. I'm definitely have to remember those for future what not to do is when I'm staying at a vacation rental, like skiing off the roof or having a 50 shades of gray party. And you know, I just make sure I avoid that claim coming across your guys' desk, you know? Well, thank you. Not thank that you. I would have them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but never know. The skiing one makes sense. I would, I probably would have been that guy. I've never skied before. <laughs> now, who hasn't and, done that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Gosh, that's great. Well, I love asking you questions specifically on the industry and kind of shifts or trends and the way things are going. I would love to kind of, maybe a high level view with you on the entrepreneur side, there's a lot of different routes to go in this business. And what would you say when you are either talking to a property manager or if your team's doing it, where do you think most people end up pulling? Do they get distracted and kind of like excited about potentially making a million dollars on Airbnb? Are they really coming in like, Hey, I want to build a brand. I want to build a tech stack. I want to have a team. Are they trying to stay in one destination? Are they trying to go into multiple destinations at once? Where do you see that kind of, I get persona falling when it comes to getting into the industry? I, I see a persona. I think this is the most common one that I see. And that is someone who accidentally stumbles on this. You, they, they stay in a home like, man, I spent $150 a, a night and my whole mortgage is $1,800 at home. Like, oh, that's you know, 12 nights, if I could rent it, I could cover my mortgage. And then I build up equity in this house. And in 20, 30 years, I now have like a free house, like rough, rough math. But I think that's how they get into it. So then I think it becomes really opportunistic. And I'm talking about the new property managers entering the market now. It becomes really opportunistic. And it's like, okay, this house is is cool. I'm going to get this house. Then this house is cool. I'm going to get this house. And, oh, well, there's one that's only a 40 minute drive away. I'm going to get that one. And then all of a sudden there, there becomes like a reconciliation of like, oh, wait, I can't handle this. I could handle two, I could handle three and, and four. And then I think that's where they make the decision. Either they're like, I'm, I'm out, like, especially if they didn't buy any inventory, they're just, you know, they'll let the lease run out. They'll tell their friend they're yeah. not going to manage it. And it just kind of fizzles or they're like, no, I now I've talked to. 65 guests i got a handle on it like now i know what my brand is i'm going to double down and do it and and they could be brand i know what my gaps are so i know what technology i need here's how i'm replacing my google sheets i'm going to go to hostfully or something like that and and i think some fizzle and then some double down but i think fundamentally the operational complexity of this type of business means there has to be some focus if you're going to keep growing at a certain level yeah I totally agree. I always love just asking 
other people's perspectives. And I think that one is very much true and tried with a lot of other people in the industry, whether they're operators or technology providers like your guys' uh, company. So one question I would love to ask you, and I think I gave you a, a little bit of a warning before we jumped in the recording today, but every time this year, starting 2023, we have a guest on, we ask them to ask a question for the guests after them without knowing who it is. And so we're going to ask the same thing for you. But previously to this episode, David Angotti was on the show and he asked the question for the next guest to be, what person has inspired you the most, but that you've never met? And when he's talking, when he was talking about inspired you the most, he's talking about in business. So a person you've never met, but has inspired you the most in business. Hmm. That's a great question. I have a lot of people who I know pretty well who have really um, taken me under their wing and helped me be a better founder and uh, a better manager. I'm not sure right now, man. That's okay. This is this is yeah. Tough. No, it's a good question. It's a it's a tough one because it's usually people that I've met, like you were saying. So right, it's so so easy to have uh, much easier to have an impact on someone. I, and certainly through business school, I learned a lot of examples. The the team at Patagonia seems to do a really good job of staying true to their mission, helping people, sacrificing profit for a vision they believe in, which I really, I really love. You know, a lot of the big tech founders, I'm not like, they're not as aspirational as I'd like. They're wealthy and successful, but I, I'm not sure I love all the steps, the steps they've taken. I, I did have a, earlier in my in my travel career, I really looked up to Starwood Hotels. Fritz Van Passion, I think, is who who was there. But but Starwood Hotels just took care of their members in a way that just has deteriorated with with Marriott. But it seemed there was a consistency across their brands. I stayed pretty often. I was a consultant, so so I did have some good status. And they just stood behind it consistently. Of course, you're always in travel, you're always mad here and there, but, but to me, that was a, it was a brand or an aspirational, like, I would love to work for this company and I never did, but I would love to, to work for them. And, and I've never met the guy and, or anyone of any seniority other than the general manager of a bunch of hotels, but it was just a brand that meant something to me early on in my career. And, um, and then I, I jumped through their hoops. He said, if you stay 25 nights and you get our credit card, you get all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go do it. Um, so, so I, I really think the team at Starwood, even though they don't know me and I've, I've never, I've never met them. No, that's a, that's a great answer. I like that. It, de it definitely tells, cause I know you specifically, you are a big Hyatt guy too. And I've, I've learned that over the last couple of years, you know, we've gotten to, for the audience that's watching or listening, Andrew and I have gotten to spend some time you you've mentored me in a lot of ways like you said you had people take you under their wing you've done the same for me in a lot of a lot of ways not just with my podcast but with our network and everything in between so knowing you from that experience starwood makes total sense for me because and i only switched to hyatt because i i'm starwood wasn't there for me anymore i i i lifetime titanium status with marriott but i don't say that very often i'm I'm with the Hyatt's for the same reason, but I'm later in my travel career. And, and so Starwood was much more impressionable on me than, than Hyatt is today. hundred percent. I love that. 
Well, okay. Now, not knowing who the next guest is after you, what would your question be for this person who comes onto the show? Yeah. Do you have anything that you'd like to ask them? I do. And I, I apologize ahead of time, but to your level, your, your questions earlier, I'd like to know what the nastiest thing they found in the vacation rental has ever been. Oh, it's going to be good. We don't get into that stuff much on the podcast, so it's going to be good. Nastiest find. Perfect. I'll make sure that we get this passed on to the next person uh, to figure out what that is. Cause I've got, I got stories from my hotel days. I don't have any massive ones from my vacation rental management days outside of someone partying at my parents' apartment and finding glitter all over the floor and a few kind of like a 50 shades of gray party, but very low key compared to the one you're probably just. <laughs> so yeah, that's about it, but that's a good question. Well, Andrew, uh, I really appreciate the time that we get to spend together. I really appreciate your insight and your thought on vacation rentals to operators, to tech, to overall industry insight. If you had one place to send any of the listeners, where would you send them to either learn more about you or to reach out or, or it could yeah. be anything in, in the world. Come to safely.com. If you email concierge at safely.com, we'll take care of you. If you want to email me, I'm andrew.bait at safely.com. You can pretty much guess anyone on our team. You can guess their email address, but get in touch and we'll, we'll take care of you. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. Make sure you like and subscribe everything to safely.com. Make sure that you reach out and they'll take good care of you like they have taken care of me on our properties and our claims. Yes, we've had a couple and nothing crazy, but still it works. So do it. And Andrew, my friend, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate the time we get to spend together. And We'll see you guys all again very soon. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. Have you heard about our friends at Safely? Well, Safely integrates perfectly with your tech stack in order to make sure that you are covered while your guests occupy the vacation home. Now, this is different from business insurance and, of course, homeowners insurance, but this is the best solution out there that's actually underwritten by a real insurance provider to cover vacation rental operator pros just like you. So, damaged linens, broken glass, ruined couches, you name it, stuff like that, or maybe even an accident on the property is covered by Safely. All you need to do is take pictures of the damages and make sure that you find a replacement item in order to cover what has been broken or destroyed. Now, this is super great because your homeowners are going to be happy that they're not going to see reduced damage items on their owner statement. You just take care of it. Don't have to hassle the guests and you don't have to see lower income for your homeowners. This is a great retention tool and we love using Safely in my business as well. So now that you've heard about Safely, we're back to the episode and thank you so much for tuning in.